Welcome to the Rooted Deep Podcast. I am your co-host, Mr. Carl Bourne Jr. And I am your co-host, Paula Chang. We're really excited that you joined us here for fresh new content each and every week where we get to share not only the stuff that we're learning, but we also get to help you learn new things. Each and every week we pick a book and we talk about some topics from that book and talk about how not only it's helped us enhance our lives, but how it could also help you enhance your life so that you get to be the person you're meant to be and reach your potential. We hope that you are able to receive not only what you wanted to get from this, but we also get to help somebody else's life change. So give this like, share, subscribe, share it out to your friends. Just help everybody know that they too can enhance their lives. Welcome to another edition of the Rooted Deep Podcast, guys. Once again, I am your co-host, Mr. Carl Bourne Jr., and I am joined by my main man, Mr. Paul O'Chang. What's up, everybody? So, guys, last week we finished the book Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. And if you've been listening to the podcast from the beginning, you know that that book was full of a lot of gems and it really is something that is applicable to anyone in any walk of life, you know, who just wants to be a better version of themselves, essentially. But I think more importantly, the thing that we really got out of it was just learning how to be able to check your ego and make sure that you're not letting that get the best of you in different walks of life. So like aspire was part of it. Um, You know, like what you aspire to be, who you aspire to be Uh, success, because, you know, that's something that we all want to have and then failure, because that's something that is inevitable for everyone. You know, there's going to be something you don't do well on. There's going to be roadblocks like, things happening. Um, That book was a really good start for us. And, you know, we're just looking forward to continuing the podcast with great books to just continue to give you guys knowledge and, and help you get your dose of personal development. So with that being said, the next book that we decided to do is called The Wealthy Gardener by Mr. John Sephoric. <laughs> Sephoric. Me and Paul were going back and forth with this one. Tomato, tomato. But mm-hmm. Shout out to John. Shout out to John. <laughs> um, but, man, so this, this episode is going to be a little bit different, guys. I know you're used to us talking about the book and, and, and how it applies. This episode, we actually want to warm you up to the book, and we actually want to just kind of do a little, you know, I guess, story or summary, basically, on why it is that we chose this book and why we think it's something that's important for everyone and something that no matter who you are, you know, what job or profession you have, what type of schooling you're doing this is stuff that is applicable to you and this is something that you definitely want to be able to take 
and apply it to your life. So with that being said, for me, first, well, wealth is very important for me, Paul. Like, <laughs> let me say in my life personally, I have seen, I have seen both sides of the spectrum in terms of finance. I have seen what the poor side looks like, and I have seen what the rich and wealthy side looks like. But then again, rich and wealthy are two different things. Mm -hmm. Rich is something that I think is temporary. You know, Um, I don't think being rich is something that is sustainable for a long amount of time as opposed to being wealthy, you know, now we get to talking about having the type of financial freedom that generations from now, you know, your family is still doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. So, and I know me and you can, can, can relate. <laughs> we can relate uh, a lot in terms of one, we both come from parents that, are immigrants to this country and we have had to see, you know, just the, the, the different barriers, you know, and, and obstacles that they've had to overcome to try and find some type of success in this country. And I know for myself personally, you know, my parents sacrificed a whole lot and even when times were hard, you know, they did everything they could to try to prevent me from seeing that so that I could stay focused on what I was doing, whether that be school or, or, or basketball or football or whatever the case may be. Um, and I think that they did such a great job of that. And they did such a great job as I was coming up of trying to make sure that I don't make the same financial mistakes that they made. I think it's evident in a lot of the the things that, you know, they kind of told me to watch out for and, and make sure that I'm paying attention to. And also just, you know, teaching me how to manage my money wisely and, and um, you know, not just blow money or spend it because you have it. So for me, when I think about wealth, and I'm sorry, bro. I'm a little long-winded. <laughs> All right, man. Yo, keep talking, bro. I'm listening. <laughs> me and everybody else, we're listening. All right, man. So for me, wealth is something that I feel like we all deserve to have, or at least abundance. And I don't think it's just something that you need to look at from a financial aspect, but I think you could be wealth wealthy in, in, in your health. You know, you can be wealthy in in your spiritual life. Um, You can be wealthy in in your relationships. You know, I think it's something that is uh, very versatile. And it really just, it's all about perspective. It's all about how you want to look at it. But for me personally, I know that the type of struggle that I've seen my parents go through in the past and that I know they've gone, gone through it's not something that I want for myself and it's not something that I want for uh, my children and my grandchildren, you know, and the generations after me. I think that I'm so motivated to 
live a life that is full of purpose that when I think of wealth, I don't think about wealth for buying, you know, a car or a house. And I mean, let's, let's keep it real. Like we, we, we all, you know, look at the materialistic side of things. Who doesn't? Right. You know, but I think as much as that is something I do think about and something I look at, my wealth is more so something that I just want to be able to change the trajectory of what has been my family's history, you know, which for me right now, one of the first things is being able to say, once I'm done with school, I'll be the first doctor in my family, (laughs) you know, and that's already like changing, changing the narrative. Exactly. So I think that also with the, with wealth, it's more so being able to do good you know, being able to to bless other people. Not that you, you can't do that without money, but if we're being realistic, there are a lot of things that you need money for, and there are a lot of things that money can help you with yeah. that you would be better off pursuing as opposed to just wanting to be comfortable. And I guess... To kind of segue into um, a question I have for you, man. Okay. Do you think that it is... Huh, how do I want to word this? (laughs) Do you think that being wealthy is something that is going to cause you to be a bad person does wealth equal evil okay 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 talk about that okay 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 i think my answer is no just off the bat my answer is no and here's why so i know for a lot of us we have grown up hearing um that wrongly quoted verse that money is the root of all evil, right? First of all, it's the love of money is the root of all evil. So I look at that and the first thing I have to ask myself is, what does money mean to me? Right? Because I grew up, you know, on a personal level, I grew up thinking, you know, I want to make this, this, and that. I want to do this, this, and that, yada, yada, yada. I want to get this. I want to get that. Very materialistically. I uh, wanted to acquire a lot of things. But, you know, now obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. Looking back at all those things that I desired, they added absolutely no value to my life, right? At the time, maybe they added to what I thought was important. But now, because of what's important now, I have to constantly ask myself, what does money mean to me? So that's question number one. Mm-hmm. So I think when it comes to being wealthy, being wealthy, I don't think is evil because if we're being honest, money solves a lot of our problems. Yes, it does. Right? And when you have it and a problem arises and you can use that to solve your problem, your life basically becomes 
cool. You're just like, all right, got rid of it. But I think, um, I don't want to quote the book. Can I quote the book really quickly? Can I just do a little quote? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, in there, he talks about how uh, he was like, when it comes to money, right? So when we're faced with a problem and you have the money to solve it, it just becomes a trivial issue. Like, should I use this to fix that? But when you do not have the resources to fix the problem, then even the smallest problem becomes the biggest thing. Right? So I think the first thing we have to understand is like, and this is no shade to anybody who's not wealthy, because I am wealthy, but you're wealthy. I'm not wealthy. No, no not yet. <laughs> but I think it comes down to understanding like a lot of people when they tell us it's the root of all evil or having a lot of it is a bad thing. They've grown up with a mindset that people who had a lot of it did bad things and they generalized that with everybody who acquired wealth. So one, as we've learned over the last couple of months and years with, from our coach is that the point of money is to earn freedom. We live in a society where you have to buy back your time. And in order to buy back your time, that will require wealth, not riches, but it will require wealth, sustainable resources over time so that you can do what you want to do when you want to do it with who you want to do it, wherever you want to do it. So do I think, well, man, we could really go into this. Do I think wealth is evil? Absolutely not. Because and the other part is, and we should put, we talked about this, but I'll, but I'll uh, poke it out a little bit. So Myron Golden suggested the weapons of mass instruction, right? That book. And in it, it talks about how we're indoctrinated to believe that moving past our cap is a bad thing, right? So a lot of people will look and be like, man, you know, I wish I could have this or I want to have that one day or I need this one day, but then they don't have the drive to do it. Not because like even innately they don't have it, but they've grown up on thinking that that's not for me. But then you also grow up resenting the people that have it and you label them as evil because now they're out there getting it while you're not. You know? So I don't think wealth means that you're evil. If anything, I know I want to be wealthy because I want to take care of my, my own. Right? Amen. I want to be able to have that freedom. I want to be able to do what I want to do with the people that I love. I want to be able to provide um, resources for people that will end up one day working for me, right? So they too can have that freedom. So it's not even from, uh, I just want to hire people to work so I can go. No, I want them to have that freedom as well. And that will require me having a lot of money. That's just really the reality of it. I don't think it's an evil thing. I think it matters on the person, one, what they're, what it means to them. For me, it means freedom. So if I want a lot of freedom, that means I got to have a lot of money. If, you know, if I want to own an NBA team, I got to have a lot of cat dough to purchase the organization. Or if you want to acquire a car or if you want to get a boat or if you want to pay off your tuition with no stress, like it takes care of all those things. But then if you don't have it, that's when it 
Well, that's when everything becomes amplified and you start thinking, yo, my life really sucks. And then you start thinking that the people that really have it made, right? I mean, some people, you know, it gets handed down to them. But there's those people who have worked and they literally make billions, right? And I've talked about this book. Think about it. There's so many books out there about how to become a millionaire. Yes, there is. <laughs> and all them books are like 20 bucks. Right? So what is it that they're all saying? And it's the same thing. They're all saying the same thing. What is it that they did that stood out from everybody else? It was just a matter of understanding what money meant to them, to how hard they were willing to work for it. Right? Putting in those reps, putting in that overtime hours. Um, GT talked about it earlier last week where he said it's about like integrity, right? So the stuff you do when nobody's watching. Right. So it's like take with our studies. Even when we're not supposed to like outside our study hours, outside that recommended like six contact hours for every like one or two in class or something like that. Are you putting in reps outside of that recommended, you know, parameter? Are you putting in reps outside of the recommended things that people expect you to do? Because the people that put it in outside that are the ones who get to attain that. But they put that in now on the front end so that in 10 years, when everybody else is sitting there like, yeah, I'm here stuck all day, they get to do what they want to do. And I've been learning that lesson the last two weeks. I've been learning that lesson the last two weeks hard, um, where I had to read um, structure my work schedule. So I was like, I really can't be up in here 10 hours a day, like at any moment, you know? I need to do it the way I need to do it. But then two, even just thinking about, I'm not going to do it like this, but even just thinking about the amount that I generated for them and the amount they gave to me in return is insane. Right? So that's where it comes down to. Now it's like, because a lot of us I'm going to get carried away. I'm sorry. I'm not going to preach. I'm going to leave this to chapter one. But I'm just going to say. Don't do that. I'm just going to say. It comes down to like even understanding. As long as you know what it means to you. Then getting it is not going to be a problem. But first you have to define what it means to you. Not what it does to you. But what it means to you. As long as you understand why you're going after it. For freedom. As long as you understand why you're going after it so you don't have student loans. As long as you understand why you're going after it, then when you go after it, you're going to have that in mind, one. And then two, you're actually going to probably find a way to get it faster simply because you know the meaning behind it. I think you said something so critical just now when you talked about, you know, as long as you know why you're going after it. You know, as long as you have your your purpose behind it and you know that it's something that and we talked about this before on, on, on a previous episode, the difference between passion and purpose. Mm-hmm. And if you are looking to get wealthy and it's based on a purpose, then that means you're probably going to do a lot of good in this world yeah. because purpose is bigger than yourself which in order for something to be bigger than yourself would mean 
that you would have to show the ultimate altruism and just be completely unselfish. Now, what what really upsets me about it is that I think a lot of people forget how to dream. You know, they forget how to dream. They forget what it was like as a kid to to want to be an astronaut you know, or, or want to be, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, a trainer, you know, for dolphins, you know, whatever the, cause I mean, when you're a kid, like you, you think of some of the most outlandish things, right? Nothing is impossible when you're a kid. Yeah, exactly. Like everything is fair game to you, but like we grow up and as we grow up, we stop for some reason, I don't know why, but it's like we lose the ability to dream and we lose the ability to aim for big goals. Can I, can I, can I interject why? Can I just say why, why I think we lose that ability? Please, let me hear. All right, here's my theory. My uh-huh. theory is that we do so much dreaming around people who can't dream anymore. Damn. So the more we dream, say that again. We say do that. a lot of dreaming around the people who can't dream anymore. So because of that, I'm confident that if you hear no enough times, we automatically internalize it. So now our own dreams, we don't have to hear no from anybody else anymore. We think, I want to try this, and then we tell ourselves, nah, that's a little crazy. That's a little too far. That's an outlier. Let me not do that. Mm. I feel like that in itself causes us to just lose the ability to dream. And then that's what even leaves us in a place where we jump into 2019 as if we're still in the industrial age. Anyway, that's my, that's my piece. We'll talk no, about no, that's, no, that's good. That's good because I think that that is something that shows why it's so important that you surround yourself around the right people. Because for me, being able to live a life of prosperity and abundance is something that it became more of a part of who I am and more of something that is a goal of mine when I started hanging around people that share the same vision or the same goal. And truth be told, it's it's not easy. You know, it's not easy to be able to break generational curses. You know, it's not easy to be able to build wealth. A lot of these things come at a high price, which includes a lot of sacrifice. You know, you have to, you have to sacrifice time. You have to sacrifice, uh, sometimes friendships, you you know, you have to sacrifice, but I think it's so critical that you be able to put yourself in the right environment where you can thrive and you can be around because listen, (laughs) When you get around wealth, when you get around 
abundance, mm. it is like your mind is just blown. Like that that emoji where it's literally like <laughs> shooting up. Exactly. That is it that that's how it is essentially. Yeah. You know, I think about encounters that I've had with people that are very successful or, or, or doing very well financially. And it made me think, wow, you know, there's more to life. Yeah. Or I think about trips I've been on, you know, vacations, like even last year, on my 25th birthday, I went to um, Turks and Caicos. Oh, yeah. Turks and Caicos money. Yeah, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> Just chill. You gonna have the people harassing me. Um, <laughs> anyway, so like the the view from my room, man, it was just it was so beautiful to just be able to sit on the balcony and see the waves, like the the beautiful blue ocean out there, and the sand and the sun hitting. Like it, one of the most beautiful sights I've seen, and. I still have that video in my phone and I look at it from time to time, you know, just to remind myself of that because that's something that I want to be able to do whenever I want. But that's something that's only possible if you have that financial freedom. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Financial freedom is, and, and this is not people telling you you can't, you can't be in a in a position where you have a job and 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 we're saying that having a job is bad like i mean listen i've worked multiple jobs paul has worked jobs like that we're, we're not talking bad on anyone that has a job what we're saying is that you owe it to yourself and if you can't agree with that, you owe it to your family. You owe it to your future children, or if you're a parent, your children now, or you owe it to your grandchildren. Whatever the case may be, you owe it that you should be living a life full of abundance. Yeah. Because I really think what you said earlier is important as well when you said that you know your perspective about money it it does a lot to shape your actions towards money if you're someone that thinks that wealth and prosperity is not for you you're never gonna get it yeah if you're someone that believes that you deserve it, hey, I mean, you got a pretty good shot at getting there. Yeah. I remember reading Think and Grow Rich and the 13 principles that it had in there about getting wealth. It's the type of things that you think about and you're like, wow, I never, I never really sat and pondered on how this is applicable to my life or how this is something that wealthy people do. Yeah. And I think it's funny how a lot of times what it is 
with our perspective on wealth is that we tend to look at it from a standpoint of, oh, well, I'm okay with being comfortable. And for me, listen, listen to me. Go ahead. Go ahead. I despise when people say I am okay with just being comfortable. Because what you're telling me is you're okay with just getting by. You're all right with just living paycheck to paycheck. You're all right with just making it. And I don't want that for myself. So it's like when people tell me that, it's like the biggest red flag. Like, okay, I need, I'm not going to go down that path with you. Yeah. You know, you're not someone that I'm going to look at to help push me towards financial freedom, you know, or, or, or motivate me to want to build an empire where I can build wealth for myself and for my family. Because the honest and harsh truth, you guys, to those of you that say I'm okay with just being comfortable, you're basically saying you're all right with being complacent in your life. And complacency is the quickest way to be stuck in a life of mediocrity, point blank, period. That's how I feel about it. That's a bike truck right there. Complacency <laughs> is the quickest way to just get stuck. Bro, I'm with you on the, um, just the mere fact I was thinking about like people that are comfortable, right? I'm comfortable where I am. I have just enough. And I, I, I applied having just enough. I do, I do. Until 10 years from now when the tax rate is higher and you're still having just enough. Now you can barely survive. Now you've done your family a disservice because yeah, it worked 10 years ago, but now things ain't the same. I mean, come on now. 10 years ago, gas was like what? A dollar something. Whatever it is, I miss it. Right? I miss that. <laughs> now now I go to the gas station, I don't even know what I'm going to see. Right? I'm out here praying for 285. Yep. Some days I pull up, it's three something. Out in California, gas is in the $5. Like, hey, the crazy part is, here's the thing. Ooh, and there's no shade to people with jobs, but here's the thing. Unless you learn how to accumulate wealth, here, here, here's the truth. Here's the honest truth. Wow, that's something... Joseph would say. But here's the honest truth. Unless you learn to accumulate wealth, the prices for your cost of living will go up, but the chances of what you make going up are slim. So you may not be struggling in the now, but if the same easy, stable pattern goes on, you're definitely going to be struggling. And that's not to come at anybody, you know, directly, but that's just to say there, there's, there's a lot of levels to it. Just to kind of go back to, you know, when you, when you first got exposed to wealth, I remember the first time I got exposed to wealth. See, I remember seeing people been thinking like, Oka Rich, I remember watching Pin My Ride, I remember watching Cribs, I remember seeing all these things, I'm like, dang, these people really got going on. But Carl, the first day I really experienced what wealth was, from when I witnessed somebody's driveway when I went to their house, right? Let, let me explain what wealth was. See, 
we come to the end of the driveway and I'm thinking, oh, this is a little nice thing. They got a little entrance. And then as we continue driving, I notice I'm seeing like three football fields of grass in front of me. And I'm thinking to myself, yo, who cuts this? Right? Who cuts this? We got this half acre out here, acre, I think. And I'm out there for two and a half hours cutting it. So I'm thinking, who's cutting this? This ain't the kind of grass you cut on your own. This is the kind of grass you got to hire somebody to come and cut. We keep driving, bro. I kid you not, their driveway was three quarters of a mile. I'm thinking to myself, dang, what's going on? We get to the house, and that's when I fully understand it. See, they couldn't have a house where regular folk have their house. Right? So here's the difference between rich and wealthy. When you're rich, some folk get rich and get confused with they need to show what they got. That's my personal take on it. See, I've noticed wealthy people tend to take their wealth, move it all the way into the hidden woods, right? And the only people that ever know they got it there are other wealthy people. This comes down to who you surround yourself with. So we're at the house and we walk in. I'm looking at this six-car garage. I'm thinking, yo, who even got six cars? First of all, who's got six cars? A lot of cars, man. I'm saying, you know, barely got one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fuck out here, got six. Walk into the house, the kitchen, bro. The kitchen was the size of my house. I'm thinking, what is going on here? We walk into the house, the kind of place where you got to run through hallways. You know what I'm saying? Like the kind of house where you got to name sections of the house. The east wing, the west wing, the foyer, the southern den. Like, you got a name. I I finally understood just on a very monetary level what wealth was. Because now my mind is exposed to something I never thought was possible. And that same day, I remember asking the very, like, the one question that has stuck with me for the rest of my life. I said, what is your number rule, number one rule of making money? Well, we're going to spoil the secrets today. I said, what's your number one rule of making money? He said, regular folk think that they need to work hard to make money. Wealthy people understand that number one rule of making money is never spending your own. Right? Hmm. And he says this to me, and I'm just like, cool. You know, I repeated it as a moniker, left and right. But it was actually this past spring when um, Byron was talking on stage that it like hit me 100%. See, folk that work in wealth work in a different way. They work at a different level. We may see them left and right, but they're doing things that are not the same as what we're doing. Some are waking up at the crack of dawn. Some are going to sleep at the crack of dawn. But they understand the purpose behind why they're doing what they're doing, right? Because at the end of the day, being wealthy is all about solving the money problem. Or correction, being wealthy is having solved the money problem. And the money problem is, do I have enough to make it through today? For them is, do I have enough to make it through the next 50, 60, 70 years? A decade, generation, two, three, four generations. It's a different playing field. 
Yeah. And to even bring that full circle back to your original question about do I think being wealthy stems with being evil? No. Because at the end of the day, I truly believe those who accumulated wealth understood that they're playing the long game. We're out here playing checkers and they're playing chess. Right? We're not even playing the same game. We're just trying to get ahead, talking about what's my five-year plan. Folk out here talking about what's my three-generation plan. Right? What are my grandkids? Levels to this. What are my grandkids going to be doing? And what am I doing today to make sure that they can do whatever they want to do? It's levels to it. So I truly believe this book is going to be the one that sets everything up. For the rest of this podcast, I think this book is going to be the one that sets everything up for the rest of our lives. Because now we're digging into somebody has done it. So we're taking that, you know, how to be rich, how to be a millionaire stuff. We're just bringing it to y'all. We're bringing it to y'all in this well put together book by John. Shout out to John. Hey, boy, John. We're bringing it to y'all straight up and saying, look, this is how he did it. And these are the lessons clear cut. If you take them, if you apply them, if we apply them. And we will be. I'm going to be applying them. Carl's going to be applying them. If we apply them, come on, fam. There's no way that we can all win. Yes, sir. Um, to close out this episode, guys. I just want you to, I want you all to close your eyes for a second. And I want you to think about what life would look like if money was not an issue. You know, what type of food would you eat? What would you do in your free time? Would you go on trips? Would you go courtside to a basketball game? You know, what is it that you want to envision your life being like every single day if money was not an issue? And I just want you to hold on to whatever that image is that you have. And I want you to also keep an open mind through these episodes that are coming up when we're in this book because truthfully this is not something that's for everybody it is but it isn't it is for everybody but it isn't for everybody because if you don't have the mindset and if you're not coming into the podcast with an open mind you're wasting your time yeah. So be a hard one. Yes, it will be. It be a hard one. So keep an open mind, guys. As always, we love you. We appreciate you for listening. And remember, first you must know yourself, then you can know who you are meant to be. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Peace. We hope that you guys enjoyed this week's episode of the Rooted Deep Podcast. We're so happy that you decided to join us this week. As we go forward, we just ask that you continue to share your thoughts with us, messages on Facebook, on Instagram, 
wherever you can find us on our social platforms. If you have any questions, also feel free to ask them there as well. As we go into this next week, I hope that you guys are able to just take the lessons that we've shared today, the experiences that we've shared today, and apply them to your own life so that you too can be able to enhance your own personal experience. Don't forget to be the most vulnerable version of you and just remember that you do matter and you have a story to share as well. We'll see you guys next time.